pela. Te agradezco que me lo digas porque yo, ¿qué onda? Activo y jugando, voy a pelear por estar ahí, pero tampoco... Eh, Quiero estar por estar. ¿Qué onda con todo eso? ¿Qué onda con Chicharro? ¿Qué onda con Vela? Te agradezco que me lo digas porque yo con Chicharro no tengo ningún problema. Ni uno. Cero. Cero problema. Él y yo, eh, en ese sentido, cuando ha habido cosas de, 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 de pelear, con, de, de negociar, de tal, de, de, de derechos de imagen, todo esto, pensamos igual. En lo único que no estamos de acuerdo son en las formas. ¿Sabes? Al, al final, Chicharro tiene una forma de ser más más explosiva, más, eh, más de tirado para adelante, y yo soy un poco más político, por así decirlo, ¿no? Y es, es, el, es en lo único, en lo único que, que no, no hemos estado de acuerdo en cierto momento. Que... And with that, we're going to start episode 326 of Cantina MX Football Podcast. Joel, what are your thoughts on Guardado's comments there about Chicharro not being in the selección? Well... This is why we use that clip because it confirms certain rumors and it's something we've talked about here before on keeping tabs on stuff and how usually years later you unearth some of these truths come out and usually in interviews like this, you know, a couple years have passed and the card is down and they let a couple things slip or maybe they're not They're no longer that important. And so there's been this whole, you know, discussion about why Hernandez is not with the national team. And one of his, um, one of the reasons it was because of, and, and we've mentioned it here, is when he, he, um, it was during the World Cup, the 2018 World Cup, I think right after they beat Germany and they were trying to negotiate the rights, the image rights, and which Guardado said it right there, Derechos de Imagen. And, you know, he talked about Derechos de Imagen and fighting for, for that stuff. And so it sort of confirms that it did happen. And I think that was one of the, that was one of the reasons, you know, he still stayed with the national team after that. And, and he played, but we do know now that that did happen, you know? And to me, it sort of confirms it that it did go, like, like Guardado sort of saying the way we went, he went about it was the wrong way. Uh, so I do, I, I, will, I will say that, you know, he did go about it the way the rumor came out right after the match. Um, and so that, that was one of the, Reasons. The second reason was um, the two girls they took to the. It was uh, during some friendly games, I believe, and they had two games, like one in I think Mexico, and then one I can't remember where, but it was two games, and that's what I don't know if you remember Jaime. Uh, they got caught because the girls were like tweeting it or putting it on Instagram. Oh, really? And and that they were showing they. They were in the same team as the, in the same hotel as the national team. And uh, so they were saying that, uh, you know, people cut on. They saw people that follow, you know, and it's, it's social media, so travels fast. And so then they put it together that, you know, they were, the team was taking these girls along. And they're not supposed to have, like, 
you know, that stuff, in, especially in the hotel room, the concert, concentration. Um, and that was the, the, you know, one of the, one of the major things that happened. The, the other rumor that floated around was that he also had them travel on the, on the team plane. Oh, what? And, and that he, that he, um, he got John DeLuisa's wife booted to make room for. Uh, for I, I don't believe that, bro. DeLuisa is one of the main, uh, you know, federativos. Hey, I'm <laughs> starting to believe it. You're starting That's to, you're starting say, to unravel some pretty deep shit, man. Well, this stuff's been floating around, but that's why I say, like, if we keep tabs, later on you hear some of these interviews where it finally, they finally, um, you know, give away some kernels of truth. I mean, this this thing that happened with, uh, you know, with fighting for the derechos de imagen was 2018. That's four years. That's almost four years ago where we're now hearing at least from one player that there was a fight for the derechos de imagen. Um, and so, but the whole plane thing, hey, man, maybe they didn't know who it was. I don't know what happened. Maybe she tried going in there, and I'm talking about De Luisa's wife. But I've been hearing that, that um, it's John De Luisa that has vetoed Cheech. Oh. And that some of the other players went and apologized. But Cheech has been more of the, you know, he hasn't given in. And Guardado sort of says how his attitude is, you know. He says, I'm more political. This guy's more like, I guess, more confrontational. And I guess he kind of became that way because at one point, Cheech was, you know. Very humble. The main thing. No, no. I mean, he, he was humble. But it gets to the point where he's like a big swinging dick. He's like the, the main oh. star when you talk about Mexican soccer. You know, it's Chicharo, you know. It's like yeah. he was like the main dude. He was the poster boy. Yeah, he was, yeah, and um, so who knows, man, maybe Cheech just needs to go and and apologize, and or I don't know. He needs I don't to think work he's going to apologize. Out. I think at this point of his career, he's not going to be the bigger person. I mean, we're talking about a guy who, like, literally walked out on his wife and kids. Oh, that's true, man, that's true, but if he wants that... You know oh, what I mean? For him. He's third, capable. Third he's, World Cup. he's he's capable of doing anything at this point, man. But apologizing, I don't think. I think he's got too much of an ego. Yeah, yeah, that that could be. But I mean, if he wants another World Cup in his and what what Guardado uh, in the clip further on in the clip also make you know he 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 says that. Uh, Ochoa and him have no problem with him whatsoever. With and, with Chicharro. Yeah, with Chicharro and like he says, oh, you know, I'm not like calling him on the phone and saying, hey, what's up, man? But he, you know, he said that like the the situation with the wives is different. <laughs> so <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if you're a family man and you got a wife and kids, like, do you really want your man to be hanging out with? A player like Chicharro, like probably not. You know what I mean? Yeah, and let and let's remember this happened 
this whole partying happened before the World Cup. I don't know if you remember that that uh, that they got caught by the media. They had the party with the scorts and that, that Chicharo wasn't there, um, but Ochoa was. Oh. And then Chicharo later had to like, like, because he stayed quiet. And so, and so that's the other thing. But that was before the World Cup, you know. And you causing these problems, and then later on, like, like with with Tata now at the helm, you keep having these same problems. And these were problems that that um, they tried eradicating back when Marquez was the captain, back when. Uh, Nestor was the he was like the the GM and he he called him out on it and he was trying to impose like stricter stuff and and then uh, Marquez had a letter written and and uh it and Nestor ended up quitting because the federativos were like all right uh we're going to go with Marquez we need you to apologize and Nestor was like, I'm not apologizing. You know, we all agreed on this. I mean, it was Nestor's idea, but he he put it up to the board to vote on it, and they voted. They all voted on, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, that's been, I think that's been one of the issues that holds back Mexico, you know, the whole, and this discussion's been had a lot of times of how much does partying affect a national team you know when you're like in a tournament i don't think it does i think to some players it does and to some it doesn't because think about it you have some of these guys already have families so they get caught that's kind of the mental part where it's messing with you Uh that that now your wife knows you cheated on her or your kids they or signed up for you, it, man. They know what they're getting very, into. You, you married a, you married a famous footballer. What do you expect? <laughs> yeah, but what about kids? You know, and then there's like parents. So there's all this other stuff, and yeah, for some players, it's like, for some players, it's like whatever. You know, you got the Romarios and the Ronaldinos, <laughs> and then for other players, it it could affect their career really bad. But I feel like in the world of football, this this is not a problem that's exclusive to Mexico. Every national team oh. deals with like scandals and all that. French national team comes to mind, you know. Well, yeah, when they had that, I don't know which incident you're talking about, but Riveri was caught, and they had like a 15 year old girl yeah. that was like a prostitute, and they they would fly her around. Um, one of the one of the big ones that I remember was from the U.S. national team. Um, was with um, in '98 World Cup, they were doing this like strict concentration, you know. And I think this happened while they were already. It was were they already in the World Cup or just before? But one of the players. He he smashed on a teammate's wife. Oh man! It was uh, I think Harks on Winalda. 
So Hark used to be like the, like you know, the captain for life. Uh, he was like, uh, you know, their their top midfielder, and uh, yeah, and that happened. They had to kick him out of the squad, and that team ended up doing bad. You know, they didn't win any games. I think they lost two and drew one. Uh, just horrible. They had just a horrible World Cup. And you know, to the credit of the coach, he never said anything. And this dude was hated on for a long time until wow. his truth came out. The truth came out. Uh, and, you know, it, that whole incident just caused the team to crash. It wasn't the same with France, right? When, once that scandal stuff was going, yeah, they uh, through, don't they crash out? They just went through a lot. You know, they didn't have Ribéry. I think they don't. They also didn't have Benzema, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah. So I mean, yeah, man. I don't know. That's that's. But I mean, you know, that's. I think that's one of the things I like about this podcast, man. We we like to keep tabs. So when we when we find little kernels like this, we, we got we receipts. Like to share them. Yeah, we like to show the receipts, man. And we'll we listen to a lot of trash. So. Uh, you, the listener, doesn't have to, because <laughs> there is a lot of trash, man. You you hear some of this stuff, and it's just useless. But every now and then, you'll you'll find something good. Man, well, tonight we have quite an episode. A lot has happened since episode three twenty five, and uh, to me, it's all been really bad news. Not really much good news going on. Uh, oh yes. Starting with uh, the passing of Tomas Boy, he passed away yesterday. Yeah, Jefe Boy, he was seventy years old. You know, he was gonna score the first goal for Tigres at their stadium. Really? Um, yeah, they were showing a clip of it from. It's like a free kick, very Roberto Carlos like. Um, but yeah, Jefe Boy, man. I must say, I, I I like them at Chivas, man. Can say the same for my fellow Chihermanos. But yeah, he's he was up there in age, and I guess he he got sick and then just didn't recover. Um, but it's you know, I I didn't think he was seventy. I thought he was a bit younger. Uh, he definitely danced like he wasn't seventy. <laughs> that meme, yeah, that meme's gonna leave on. Live on, Jaime. I think that's how a lot of people will, will yeah. remember El Jefe Boy. Honestly, like, my I didn't know him as a player. And I heard as a player he's one of our greatest midfielders. Um, yeah, man. I mean, I mean, how many players have that nickname, El Jefe? Yeah. And uh, he was the captain, right? Of the nineteen eighty six World Cup. And even over Hugo Sanchez. That's crazy. I mean, you know, it, it would take some some stones to hold on to that armband. Cause Hugo did come and was like, Give me that. <laughs> Unfo- you know? Yeah. He he wanted to come in as a as a but boy was like, dude, I'm always here, you know. Yeah, unfortunately, my, my reputation, well, his reputation or my, what's the word, impression of him yeah, was that oh, he he just wasn't a very good coach. You know, he was always oh. one of those coaches that was on the carousel. He got hired and fired. 
I think the only thing. Fight you on that, Jaime. Well, I mean, to be honest, he he didn't win anything as a manager, and that's kind of how you, that's that's how you grade a manager. And he, I think the only thing that you can you know say that he did was save Atlas from relegation. For me, there you go. He did. For me, that's there the that's the that's the the feather in his cap that he can say as a manager. But I'm looking at his uh, at the the silverware that he won as a manager and. The only thing he has to his name is uh, Superliga with Morelia in 2010. Yeah, that's where he had some of his most success with Morelia. Um, and I think he, you know, I think he reached the final or they went all the way to the semifinals. But he had a, a decent run with Morelia. He saved that last. And, and so those are two pretty good things. I think Chivas was just a disaster. Just the way they hire him, and he's only going to coach the uh, four games. Then they let him stay, and I don't think he was as bad as fans made him out to seem. But I don't think he, as you said, he he didn't do much. So I'm not saying he's a great coach, but I also wouldn't say he was a bad coach, you know? Yeah, I mean... We only had him for 16 matches at Guadalajara, and they weren't great. He only averaged. Well, yeah, but you know. Yeah, and it, yeah and, can... you know, and to be fair, it's like he he didn't have like a good squad, and it was kind of no. it was you know, I'm not gonna judge him off of his time at Chivas. I know again he did a really good job at Atlas, and he did uh, at Morelia. He had that team playing pretty well, 154 matches. Um, but apart from that, man, he was kind of just always like thrown in there kind of just to like be the interim coach while they hired a real coach. At least that was my impression Dang. of him. <laughs> yeah, that happens, man. That happens. And I think if you don't, you know, if you don't sometimes have the good agent, you know, and, and then there's also the luck. How much luck are you going to have with, with whatever squad you get? So that's the other thing because short season, you get very little time to work. And then if it doesn't pan out right away, it's right away or everyone's saying, oh, you, he sucks or whatnot. But it's it's further from that, you know? Yeah. I mean, no disrespect to him. I think he was, a, again, from what I've heard, from what I've seen, he, he was one of our best uh, midfielders of all time. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, man. It's always a bit, like, shocking uh, when it's it's these personalities. Because he was a personality within Liga MX where people knew him. And like you said, there's now that Im the gif of him doing the little dance. And so, and then he would be on Picante. I think he was, he was someone that... I guess fans expect him to be around longer. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, it, it does suck when all of a sudden that, you know, they're they're no longer around. Yeah, and speaking of deaths, there was a pretty brutal incident in the Querétaro Atlas match. This is what everyone's been talking about. Uh, it's a pretty pretty nasty stain on Mexican football this this weekend. I uh was at work and I was like, Oh, let me check out this game. And I, and I turned it to do the it, And I just saw like a bunch of like 
fans on the pitch. And I'm like, what the hell happened? And, and it looked like they just like invaded the pitch. But I didn't really think much of it. I just thought, oh, you know, like, you know, there was like a fight or something and they invaded the pitch and, you know, they suspend the game. Like, I didn't really think much of it until, you know, when I got off work and I was looking through Twitter and seeing like some of the images and videos of what actually went down. And oh, man, they're very graphic. It, 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 uh, I couldn't sleep, man. Like, I was, it was, it was hard to see that. Um, but yeah, I guess during the Atlas uh, Querétaro game, the uh, the floodgates opened, and you know normally the the away fans are in a in a you know they're segregated from the rest of the fans. They're in a corner. They have fencing so the the other fans can't get to them. But at one point in the game, the the security decided to open up the floodgates, and all hell broke loose. There was yes. Let me let me add to that. Yeah, go ahead. So, because there's a lot of video, man. That's the whole thing about social media now. And everyone pretty much is carrying a camera. Everybody's recording. So, the Querétaro, um, one of their Barra Bravas was, was like beefing it with the Atlas Barra. It's the Barra 51, which I think is their biggest one. <clears throat> their main their main support group and they had been just like talking shit and they were I, I don't know how this happened um, but I think the so I think the Querétaro the Querétaro Barra had organized it to go and confront these guys because usually the Barras are stationed opposite not not next to each other. <laughs> and right here, it looked like they were next to each other. And there is a video where it says, here's where it started. Mm-hmm. And uh, you could see a fence. And this is like, this is like below the stands when you walk up to your seat. And you could see the fence that's dividing it. And the fans are just like, looks like they're in jail. You know, these dudes are all like bald and tattooed. And they're just talking shit back and forth, and then it turns into like a WWF match. You see some, <laughs> you see a Querétaro guy coming chairs with and a ladders chair. and <laughs> nobody does. He comes with a chair and he slams two guys with the chair. And I guess he saw too much wrestling, man, because uh, there was like ten people there, and they just started, they just gang up on him and they're beating him. And as they're whooping their ass, the Querétaro managed to break through the gate. Um, to me, it looks like it was opened. Um, and so it opens up and now the Atlas guys are outnumbered and they just right there, they get rushed and they're just beating the, the bejesus out of them. Um, and so here's, and I think after that, they, they started just going after all of the Atlas, uh, going after like the Barra guys, um. So here's two things that have come to light. Uh, so one of them is that some that the stadium security for for Querétaro that some of their members that some of the security are actually with the with the um, Querétaro Barra Brava. Oh wow! So there was rumors that 
not rumors, there, there was some claims from some of the Atlas that the securities were opening the gate and were even handing uh, those guys weapons. And that was one of the things that that um that happened and supposedly yeah they opened the gates and the players went through and they assaulted the a lot of the the players from not the players, a lot of the the Atlas fans, but not just the the regular fans. I think they were just targeting the, the fifty one, you know, La Barra Cincuenta Uno. Um I had this thing right here. Let me see if I still have it because they were interviewing, I think someone from Guadalajara. I think it's, um, but damn Jaime, I was trying to share it and now I might not have it because there is now talk that possibly some of the some of the Barra Cincuenta Uno members that were there were part of a cartel. Yeah, I heard about that too. And to me, that there could be some truth to that because usually the Barras in Mexico, yeah, they'll go at it, but it's just fisticuffs, you know. Yeah, they just the... throw down, and it's like they'll take your they'll take your flag or your jersey or your your trapo or whatever you have. Um, but that's just it, you know, right here. It looked like they were just, they were just going for the kill. They were just brutal. And that's the part that really sticks with me. Uh, it wasn't, you know, that there was, this was not a normal scrap. Like this was, this was like barbaric shit, man. I mean, there was literally like people unconscious and they were stripping them and like still beating them to death. Like that to me was like, all right, this is not about a soccer game, bro. This is got to do with some other shit. There's got to be some I, I, some gangs. I have stuff. it here. I have it here. The news clip: Enrique Alfaro, the governor of Jalisco State, whose capital is Guadalajara, was asked Monday about local press reports that the brawl may have involved local criminal gangs fighting visitors who purportedly belonged to the Jalisco drug cartel. Uh, this is in quotations. What it seems to me is that what we saw was not a normal dispute between fans, Alfaro said. What happened there was something that looked different. Alfaro, however, refused to comment on whether drug gangs were involved. Yeah, no, definitely. Again, just like the way they were... Treat like I mean, dude. They were like go. They were going for the kill, man. Like they were trying to murder. Yeah, and murder. they were and they were stripping them naked. Yeah, and then a lot of them they were already beaten and unconscious, and some of these fans were still like attacking. I don't know, man. It takes some. You have to be on on one too. You gotta like, be a sicario to, the, to do that kind of shit, bro. Yeah, to see someone hurt. Like you already beat them, and you still go to hurt them even more. Yeah, stomping on your that's, head. That's some next level stuff, man. I don't know. Hit him with, with like metal, and yeah, it was it was crazy. It was it, Saturday was a really sad day. It's like a really really ugly day for for Mexican football. 
And there's just a lot that like went wrong that day. Um, the fact that they still continued to finish that week or that game, like the games that, that day, like Chivas still played after that. Uh, Cruz still played after that. Like the games were not suspended until, you know, the, the pressure from like the fans and the media. Uh, and you know, they decided to, to put a stop to the, to the jornada. Um, but you know, it was, it was pretty bad. And a couple of days went by and I mean, we heard everything. We heard everything from, is this going to cost Mexico like a world cup? No, that's, that's are, just... are we going to like lose our right to host some of the matches in 2026? No, no, come on. And you know, there was just like all crazy, you know, theories out there and this is what should happen. And this is how we should punish them. And, you know, Querétaro should be relegated or just dismembered completely, like completely dissolved. In the end, the they made the decision to uh, punish the team uh, monetarily, uh, 1.5 million pesos, which is, I don't know how much that is in U.S. dollars, but that's pocket change. 25 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's really not that much money. Um. They also aren't uh, allowing fans uh, inside the stadium. So Querétaro is not going to have fans for a year. And I think they're not going to have ultras for three years. And then they have basically fired the entire uh, front office. And they have to sell the team within a year. Which yeah. I think so already. They were already. They already have. They already have someone that's going to take over the team. So that that doesn't seem like it was a problem. Uh, the whole banning is banning the directivos. Like they're no longer allowed to work For in Mexican years. football. Um, and it could be because of that, Jaime. It could be because of if, they're, if they cut because this is the thing. Um, Querétaro had had something like a big like fight a few years back with San Luis, and that's that's when they supposedly like hired some firm to to do the uh, security, and so that's kind of corrupt, and so this security firm starts hiring Querétaro. Um, barra barra. <laughs> That just, that, just sounds, that just sounds stupid, man. Um, but yeah, um, and they would, they would give money to that. They would like um, help that 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 vara a lot. Um, they had a lot of influence over the the team. Um, so I think, and if it's like. If it's because it's tied to like drug, you know, they could have got into the directivos where they were just intimidating them and they were like forced to do things. And I could see that that five year thing as a way to like, you know, free them up from being exploited. Yeah. Cause that is a that is a possibility. Um and people have been saying it's messed up for Adolfo Rios who's he's like a GM. 
former national team player and he was he was at the he was at the game and he jumped from the palco he climbed yeah, he, down he climbed down and people were like holding him back telling him not to do it yeah no he went to try to calm things down and and you know keep people from getting hurt uh but he ran into the field i don't think the field was as bad as like nah, the field was like where the people, tunnels and, people were actually running onto the field to avoid getting killed man and there was like a, a pick of like a family like mom dad and kids just like running on the field just trying to like escape this nightmare yeah the little kid and they said they took the shirt off because they were scared like so that if you know the little kid was wearing a mad shirt and get his ass whooped um there was another picture of this he looked he looks like a young man maybe late teens early mid 20s and he's hugging an older dude maybe like could be his dad and he has those thick glasses like the thick dark glasses like blind people yeah they said and he was blind saying, he wasn't he tweeted later <laughs> he said <laughs> his, his, he was with his grandpa or something that got scared. He said, but nothing happened to us. Like, no one targeted them. And, I mean, he was an easy target. <laughs> he was with the old man. So, I do. That's why little things like that make me think that. It was um, it was geared towards a specific group of people. Yeah. And, and it was it was staged. I mean, this was a fucking setup. So. Yeah, if you, if you see a lot of the. The Alas fans that got whooped, man, they straight look like hoodlums. And I'm, I'm not saying they deserved it, but, you know, the type of guys you wouldn't want to meet in a dark alley. They were all, like, tatted up. They look like they just got out of prison. That's why I'm, I tend to to believe a bit of what they're saying, you know, with, with the news article came up with people asking if it's, like, related to gangs and drug war. It has to be. Which it can be because they have in the past um, the cartels, um, you know, used Mexican clubs to launder money. Um, so it's it's just something part of the country. I mean, it it got all the way to Marquez. I don't know if you remember when. Yeah, his money was tied up was, with uh, narco stuff. Yeah, and it and it could, and it, you know sometimes it's like you don't have a choice. Yeah, you know, they they give you a, they offer you a what is it a deal that you can't, you know how how does that go? I'm gonna make him a deal that he can't refuse. Yeah. So that's that's kind of what happens, um, but yeah, lamentable. But so here is what I mean. I think I have it. I think I have the what FMF decreed will happen because of this. Where is it? Hold on, Jaime, give me one second. Um, which seems like a slap in the hand. It was a slap um, on the wrist, man. I mean, for what happened? There you go, slap, slap on the wrist. And the fact that they're denying deaths, there was people, I'm for sure, I am 100% convinced that people died in that match. I mean, some of the clips look like they were dead, but they haven't confirmed any any deaths. 
Okay, here it is. This is what the FMF decided. Uh, Querétaro will not be unaffiliated because that was at one point supposedly an option to just eliminate them from Liga MX. That's not going to happen. Five-year suspension for the um, Cayo Blanco's front office, the directivos. Um, Querétaro will return to Grupo Caliente. So I guess for what's rest of the season, Grupo Caliente is going to manage them. That's the same uh, Grupo that owns Tijuana. Uh, San Sanción de un año a puertas abajo no como local. So other home games will be without fans for one year. Uh, they were sanctioned with 1.5 million pesos. Yeah, like you said, the gallo, they can't have a porra for three years. And then for Atlas, their, their fan base, uh, they, they can't go to any Away games away for games. six months. Yeah, half a year. So that was for Atlas. And then other teams want to do something. Chivas announced this. Did you see what Chivas announced? Uh, they want to play the Clásico wearing all white. They're going to make the... They're encouraging fans to, yeah, to show up wearing white. And uh, Chivas always, like, in these type of situations they're always been you know the first ones to to do something and you know going up to the classico this weekend everyone's on pins and needles and i think that's a great you know great idea and i mean in the last couple of years we've actually criticized you know these matches because there wasn't any bad blood between you know chivas and america there was that that iconic photo of, you know, Peralta, you know, laughing after the match with his ex, you know, teammates. And it's just, yes. you know, it's just at the end of the day, it's, you know, it's just a game, uh, nothing to lose your life over. And I don't think there's should be any concern for the, for the classical this weekend. Uh, Lacron hasn't been really, nah. um, they also mentioned that they were going to try and impl so implement like face fan ID. Like they're going to try and take everyone's photo or something before they get into the stadium. Yeah. Well, they, they could do that. You know, that just means more money for the teams. Stuff like this costs money. So that means, you know, they have to raise the ticket prices. There's a, for teams. There's a, there's a bar in my hometown that is notorious for like bar fights and a lot of violence happens there. And basically now if you, yeah. if you try to get it, if you go in there before you like get seated or anything, like the first thing they do is they, they ask for your ID and they put you in the system and they take a photo of you. So I can see that happening okay. at the stadium. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, cause that way they can identify you easily. And I mean, we were having like, basically it must take, take a cool minute to get inside. Huh? Yeah, I mean that place. Nights. That place is just bad juju, man. Like, <laughs> you keep going, I mean. No, I don't go there anymore. No, nah. but uh, have your picture on the wall. They uh, <laughs> yeah. The last time we went there, we got like 
jumped. So yeah, not doing that again. But um, <laughs> for for like the games, you know, I do think that would be smart. You know, if you're gonna buy a ticket, if you're gonna go into the stadium, like we're gonna have to like take your photo because. We are, dude. There was people. There was people online after the after the, all this went down, and they were like identifying. They went and like doxed people. Like there, yeah. There was do not underestimate like autistic people, bro. Because they like there was a Google like sheets like thing going on that was publicly like going around, and they were like, "Yep, oh, this is this person. This is this person. This is their Facebook. This is where they live. This is their IP address." Yeah. I'm like, "Yo, this is crazy." Well, you know, because the pictures, they go viral and everybody's watching them. And so it's like someone that lives in there or that knows you, maybe they hate your ass. That's it, dude. They're going to be like, es el pinche this, vecino. Is, this is so and so, man. Give that, dude. Um, yeah, and these guys didn't seem like nice people. So <laughs> doesn't seem like anyone was going to you know, vouch for them. Like there was like a, a girl, right. With a backpack and she had a knife and like her boyfriend, like took the knife out and, and cut the, the net from the goal. Trying to take it home or I think, so. I don't know, but yeah, they, they like literally <laughs> wa- let him walk in with like knives and stuff. Pretty crazy. Yeah. Well, I mean, and the whole, security were part of that they could just put some of those securities and you know they tell them all right just go in through this door but with the whole id stuff i mean i would just do it with the barra bravas yeah you know you have and then um you have all other protocols where you for example you make them stay you make them stay like in the seat after the game. They can't exit. You have to give the other team like I don't know. It's like fifteen minutes to leave. Yeah, so you have that. When I was in Europe, I went to a, a Champions League match between Roma and Bayer Leverkusen. Bayer Leverkusen were on the road, so they there's a bus. And there was, like, a separate, like, entrance for the away fans. And they made sure to, like, completely, like, isolate them from the rest of of the Italians out there. Because, yeah, it was pretty brutal. And they had to stay in their section. There was a huge fence. There's no way you can get in there. And after the match, all the other fans leave and they wait for the away fans. Like, the away fans are, like, the last ones to, like, leave the stadium. For their safety. Yeah. So. Yeah. And and they make sure it's it's clear, you know, that it's clear for them. I do think stuff like that could could happen. But, but this whole talk yeah. with the whole. Go no, ahead. just really quick because some people were just getting ahead of themselves. And it's probably people that. They just might be new to soccer with the whole FIFA should spend the Mexico. And it's like, well, you, you must not be paying attention because if you look around at world soccer, there's happenings like 
it's going on. You don't see FIFA putting sanctions. Yeah, and if I'm Just not mistaken, Cameroon, this I think is, it was. Yeah, uh, FIFA's not like that's out of their jurisdiction, right? If I'm not mistaken, like FIFA, what? FIFA can't go in there and tell Liga MX what to do, can they? No, but but how what happened recently with FIFA um, banning Russia from the World Cup? And that was more of a political move. Been hella corrupt. And in the past, the World Cup to like a brutal dictatorship as the case of Argentina in 78, Brazil in 1950, even Italy, they hosted the Benito Mussolini's watching the games in the stands. So, you know, it's like giving the Olympics to Nazi Germany with Hitler watching. So FIFA is not exactly saints. That was just with the whole Russia thing. Uh, it's just political, you know. Just They're tied money. to these. Um, well, yeah, the sponsors, you know, like the MasterCard and all that. And they put pressure and then FIFA's like, all right, fuck it. We're, we're not going to lose money. You're out. <laughs> You're out. You know, and and so because of that, though, because FIFA banned Russia, you had people now saying, oh, they should do Mexico, you know, ban Mexico because of what happened. And it's just kind of stupid way of thinking, like, you know, the incompetence of one stadium punished the whole country. Oh. You know, if this was a weekly thing, then yeah, I, I, you know. I think the logic behind it, because I was going to ask you this, like, is, you know, do you feel like the the punishment fits the crime? You know, I personally think that, like, for the, the fact that there were deaths, the fact that it was, like, pretty brutal, I think that the the actual punishment was pretty light. I thought it was going to be more severe. Um, but I think, like, the logic behind, like, punishing Mexico as a country, even potentially, like, banning them from the World Cup, I think it stems from the fact that, you know... If you're looking at this and you're not com- like you, you don't follow Liga Mekis, you're just you're just watching this as a average bystander. Like people that aren't even into soccer saw this and they're like, what the fuck's going on in Mexico, right? So I mean that's just like your first impression of like Mexico and soccer in Mexico and the fact that they're gonna be hosting the World Cup in twenty twenty six. Like you do not wanna be associated with that. So I could see why people were like, yep, you got to like take them away from, you know, having the the rights of hosting because how can you how can you guarantee someone's safety when there's literally people stomping on your head and like killing you? You know what I mean? I think that's like where they got to that logic. Yeah. But I do agree like it, it it wasn't I don't think banning Mexico from the World Cup is I don't think that's fair. Well, you, well, you know in 86 uh FIFA had awarded the World Cup to Colombia. That was the height of their cartel stuff. In '86, mean, host- <laughs> yes, '86, the World Cup was for Colombia. I didn't know that. That wow. Yes, sir. the 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 host was going to be Colombia, and they're at the height. You know, 
you're watching narcos and whatnot. <laughs> that's, that's the height of all that stuff going on. That's, that's some heavy violence. And uh, Colombia drops off at the end. They couldn't, um, you know, you got to meet certain stuff, criteria of hotels and transportation and, and stadiums and whatnot. So Colombia was like, yeah, we can't, we can't, you know, get all of this stuff. So they, they drop off. Mexico's like, we got this, you know. Uh, I was like, all right, handle it. Um, that's when Mexico had an earthquake. Mexico City, <laughs> massive earthquake. They leveled, leveled the half of the city. Wow. This, um, and they had had. Um, I don't want to mix because. It's, I think it was the. I'm. I'm. No, re- because I'm there, reading it. it says Colombia was originally chosen. It was, uh, as hosts in 1974, but due to economic reasons, they were not able to and resigned. Wow. In 74? Mm-hmm. Jaime? The, um, like they made the decision to host the 86 in 1974. Oh, okay. So they had all that time. Uh-huh. Usually now it's just for like eight, you said eight years. Yeah, I think it's eighty. So yeah, that makes sense. Kind of, it's about the same. I don't. don't, That was more, but yeah. See, they had all that time and they couldn't. Couldn't handle it. Um, Yeah, no, I think it was for the seventy World Cup. So Mexico hosts the seventy World Cup, but before that, because they hosted the Olympics in '68. So around that time was the whole some students protesting where they got, a lot of them got killed in, in the cover up. So, I mean, you could, you could, we could go stuff that happens in countries and big tragic and yeah. people never really like taken, taken the World Cup. I mean, Cameroon, Cameroon, I think Cameroon, I think there's civil war going on right now. And they hosted the African Nations Cup and they had a, for their opening game, there was like a, a lot of people died. It was like a stampede to get in the stadium mm. as people killed. I mean, you didn't hear people say anything. I didn't. Yeah. And here. Even recently you know, with uh, the, the Euros so, yeah. in England, there was a lot of hooliganism, you know, a lot of, a lot of rioting and, and fights. And that was, that was in the year, that was like literally a year <laughs> ago. Yeah, we're going to, man, I mean, Qatar is the other one. They're hosting, and they're getting drilled for the slave labor they're using to, to build the stadium. And Google it, put Qatar World Cup slave labor. You'll see And they've been there for years, not not just here. It's, it's going back for fine, all type of stories of how people that go work there, they take your visa and so you can't get out of the country. And so then you're sort of held hostage and if like your employer, they could choose not to pay you or pay you less and you're at, you know? And like, all right, I don't want to work no more. (laughs) You just can't leave, you know? There's a lot of effed up stuff going on all over. 
So I do think some of these fans are a little bit harsh. As I was judged by that, you know, then start going team by team, man. You're going to end up with a World Cup with like <laughs> half. Canada, team. Switzerland. <laughs> like the only friendly, no beef with anybody, you know? And anything bad. Um, But yeah, there's a lot of bad stuff happening. And that's that's where I don't agree with people taking the because you're punishing the fans. A lot of them have nothing to do with what's going on and you're preventing them from, you know, a lot of these are suffering as well and you're keeping them from having some type of joy. Yeah. I think for Querétaro, um, them not having fans for a year, I'm I'm sure that's going to hurt them financially. And We'll see who ends up buying the franchise. Yeah, some dude was already announced. I didn't pay too much attention. So, uh, but because it hasn't been made official, but already in the picture, it seems to have been announced already. But if not, I guess already, like, if it's going back to them, pretty sure they could handle the team. If not, uh, Iguera could could use that franchise to to put Morelia back into first division. <laughs> yeah, and you look at uh, Liga de Expansión, and I'm sure there's a few teams that would gladly take it at that little spot. Morelia being one of them, currently in second place. Uh, Mineros de Zacatecas, they're in first place. Uh, I think those are there. There are some rules, though. the The team that gets promoted has to have, I think, like twenty thousand seats. That's like the minimum. So there's only a handful of teams in the expansion that are uh, that can qual even meet those qualifications. So yeah, they they don't want to have the same problems as they did with like um, what was this Puebla team? They were with, uh, Lobos Wap. Lobos Buap, you know. Yeah, where they just were having, they couldn't even get a TV contract, which is sad. Um, but yeah, they were having problems just paying players, which was the whole thing with Veracruz, right? They didn't pay players for like half a year or something. So they don't want, they don't want to go through some. Um, so that's why they want to. You know, make sure that whoever goes up, they can at least meet all those requirements. Yeah. But there are, are like pretty historic Irapuato, Atlante. It could, you know. Leones Negros, Celaya. didn't have. They, you know. That's not historic. They're a small team. Uh, I, but that just shows that one, why. Why there's this whole push to try to do something with MLS that comes down to investors. Um, there's just none or very few that want to put money into League IMAX. Especially now. <laughs> after that after that shit show, <laughs> like you're gonna have less and less people wanting to to throw money into League Mekis, man, when you got people dying on the field, like just not uh not attractive 
for foreign investment. But yeah, originally you could use something like this to to like raise ticket prices and do things, but man, you're talking about max. There's just the money's not there. You raise ticket prices, the majority of your fans, and you're just playing stadiums. But what happened in in England? You know, back in the nineties, they went, they did the whole restructuring, and the, the English league turned into to the Premier League and you know they the ticket prices just increased like tenfold you know like the stadiums back then you could could like for very cheap you could um you could go to the section that didn't have seats like the standing room or something like kind of like benches oh the benches yeah kind of like her, like the Rose Bowl yeah but people would stand yeah. Yeah, but does the Rose Bowl still have that? Oh, it's Man, been a I haven't years. been there in a while. <laughs> Mexico hasn't had any moletos there in a while, so it's been a minute. Yeah, um, but they had like standing room and not exactly seats, you know, just like thing and and but then going back once they did that whole change, and then they had the the deals with the the sky when they, they sold the package to the league and then all these stadiums their stadiums just started becoming these first world you know fancy stadiums and and they just priced out all the hooligans yeah that's one way of doing it if you yeah. want if you want to that that won't happen in Mex and that's that, <laughs> that's why it's the push for MLS and it's gonna this is just gonna make that push even stronger some people are saying oh that MLS yeah it's not like they have to send their fans to Max to watch games you know they'll just watch them on TV <laughs> the money's gonna be made over here through the TV and the even the gates over here which I mean I think you were saying it's going bad for the Max teams uh yeah, the gap has closed. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> it's been pretty bad. We had Conca Champions return this week, and it started off with a terrible, terrible defeat for Leon yesterday in Seattle. They lost three zero. Pretty pretty big defeat there. And then it continued today with Bumas not being able to handle the snow over there in New England. And they also lost 3-0. And then the only uh, silver lining was Cruz Azul at home were able to salvage a 1-0 victory over Montreal. Uh, Montreal had, had beaten Santos in the previous round 3-0. Uh, and that was the, you know, the reason why Kashinya got fired. Uh, but Cruz Azul, I was actually watching that match before our episode, and they had plenty of opportunities. They missed a bunch. Antuna was playing like a man possessed, like a man who wants to make the World Cup roster, and uh, he was the only one that scored today. Uh, and Cruz Azul, they're gonna be like the only 
Mexican club, I think, after this uh, quarterfinal. I don't see Leon or Pumas turning things around. 3-0, that's a tough scoreline. Yeah, that's very man. And I said it before. I said before this tournament kicked off, like, honestly, like, none of these teams convinced me. You know, I was like, this might be the first time in a long time you know, that a Mexican club doesn't win the the Champions League. Yeah, it's just, and I think, I think that's what tournament needs um, uh, to an extent, because a lot of Mexican fans don't don't really take it as serious. You start getting your ass handed to you, then after a while you don't have excuses. I know because there's this hard push, to, you know, this this to discredit, you know, which I get it, but at the same time it's like. This is still our tournament, man. You're calling it trash. It's Things all we have. It's, it's all we have, okay? <laughs> it's like the only thing that we you still have. You have to cultivate it and, and make it grow. You, you, Yeah, but let's say you have a garden in the back, and, and that's your fruits and veggies, and you're like, oh, this is Yeah. And it's going to stay trash. But if you work on it, eventually it'll get better. And that's that's been my thing where it's like I get it that the good, but there's no reason that they can't improve and become but I do think they have to an extent uh a lot of these tournaments compared to what they were before they are a, a bit better they of course they're still more but I mean ah verke <laughs> still. It's still some time. Yeah. It's still some time. I would keep behind me. Never know. We'll see what happens. Uh, I mean, things just got a lot more interesting, you know, with these results. I'm definitely going to be interested to see how these teams respond uh, on the in the second leg, you know. And Leon and Pumas' defense, both of those games were, were road games, so they'll be able to close out at home. Uh, and if I'm not mistaken, they, they got rid of the away goal rule. So, you know, I think they have a chance. Didn't it come after double difficult too for like these Mexican teams that are yeah. like, you know. Yeah, we had a lot of football in a short time span. Uh, Liga Mekis results, uh, match week nine, the games that weren't postponed. Uh, you know, Toluca handled business against Negaxa, so a pretty good win for Nacho Ambriz. They got Toluca in seventh place right now after that. And uh, Negaxa, with the uh, American investment, they're just outside the repechaje zone in 13th position. Uh, we also had Chivas with a surprising result at home taking care of business after a disappointing draw with San Luis midweek. Uh, they were able to get the victory. Jota Macias with a golazo. And uh, that was a big, big victory for Chivas on Saturday. It's like a little bit of yeah, it was, a, man. a glimmer of hope. Mac. Yeah. He... <laughs> they... 
it's funny, and it came right after um, Leano, man. He was getting killed in Twitter, man. All these memes <laughs> popping up were just hella funny. I don't know who <laughs> had these. Somebody just had these in a folder, bro. Just waiting, probably, probably waiting. his Insta, dude. Maybe, I don't it know. It could have been his Instagram. All I know <laughs> is this whoever, uh, whoever like... started this, man, they, they just had so many embarrassing photos of him. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, let's see how he does, man. He's going into back-to-back classicals, right? Yes, sir. Is it? What is it? Is it America first, right? Yeah, America on Saturday at seven p.m. and then which, uh, that's a home game. Which, and then Atlas. You, well, you know what? He couldn't have hoped for a, a better time to face him. Like right after they sacked their coach. Uh, the coach that was the intern that's supposed to take over doesn't. They have some other guy, I think, from the youth teams. I don't know where they brought him from. Uh, already lost against Monterrey. That's right. Under Buse. So Buse got his first win, helping Chivas there already. <laughs> <laughs> Same uh, more injured. I'm... And so, yeah, I think, I think this, I do think uh, Chivas should be favorites, man. Just because I'm, I'm just coming from bad to worse. I think that's fair. I mean, they're in last place right now. They're in a dark, dark t- time right now. They don't have a coach. Chivas are at home. I think this would be a very good opportunity for Chivas to, you know, just bury them and give us a little bit of hope. Just give us something a little bit to brag about. Yeah, it's it just be for him, um, you know. Having that match, because um, then the Atlas will be pretty tough. That will be a, a difficult one right there. But I mean, if we could start getting some points, he could, uh, you know, guarantee some Liga soccer far for himself, really, really far. High, I mean, really, really high. You know, it's crazy. It's, we uh, were winning every trophy out there. Yeah, I mean, we, it's crazy how how quickly the narrative changes. I mean, this was a coach that after the the two zero lead against Puebla ended up losing that match, and then the the draw against uh, San Luis, you're like, oh, this guy's on his last legs, you know. Uh, then you get a victory against Santos, maybe you you string up a win against America and Atlas, and all of a sudden, you know, it's it's uh, champagne time all over again. Uh, but that's just how it is, you know. That's just how how fickle the fans are, and you know that's just that's just how it goes. Yeah, fans they are very fickle. Um, they were more harsh with with I felt, but what's done is done. Uh, I do think this this could be a lifeline for for Leano if he gets that win over America. I do think he would. It would, it would see him through, man. It would see him through all the way to the, to the end of the um, season. Yeah. And the continued. I will. Will. Um, did we talk about the rumors here, Jaime? Uh what rumors? Chiba rumors. The latest from the, the latest from the, um, from the Chiba 
No. That that um, the Puebla coach, La Carmon, will be headed to Chivas at, for next season. Yeah, Rafael Ramos, right? It was the one that said that. I don't know how much truth I There's see another in that. section. There's another section of of, of uh, reporters. Some of them are claiming America, and for me, it's like I just don't see America waiting the whole season. Coach that hasn't done anything in Liga. He he's getting he's top results, but he hasn't won anything, you know. And if you go to America, to win. So you want someone with a track record. Yeah. You, so I just don't see that. Uh, that he could be a candidate, perhaps. But not that they would wait. But there are some some reporters on Twitter that have said that. I just, I don't buy it. Rafa Ramos is uh, another going on for a good 40 years. But, and I've listened. He has his own show in the morning in other areas, but LA, I think it's 1330. But he has, it's like, um, he seems to have some really good connections with Bahara, man. And his, his Guadalajara, um, not rumors when he's gotten like info. And he said it, you know, I, I'm, I'm getting this from my Fuentecita from back there. Dude. He's been 80% spot on. Um, and I I think one of them works for, um, god damn, what's this newspaper? If you're a Chiva fan, you want a you paper and it's not free. I haven't even checked how much it costs. Soccer, oh, god damn, ma- soccer mania? <laughs> remember. But it's um, it's like a Jalisco Guadalajara based newspaper. Oh, I see. Uh, it starts with a C. I can't remember. Extra cancha or no? That one has no, nah, no. Nah. Um, you just <laughs> have to search it. Um, but that one, that one does really good reporting on Chivas, and you'll get like mad info on them, all type of crazy shit. Um. This dude has gotten info on the goats since way back, man. And he's, I found them to be always pretty spot on. And so what he, what he got from his info, from his, you know, sources was that Tevasteca is, so it's not just the coach, it's because Tevasteca will, um, I guess transmit the Chiva games, so it's tied to the TV deal. Hmm. And the Aztec, I guess they they must have some type of control on Puebla right now. In that team. What was that? Did you know? Did you know about that, Jaime? What's that? The Azteca or the any really to the club? Are they like because uh, you know they had they managed Morelia and then they 
they uh, they had Morelia, and they and they had like a percentage of Atlas. I don't know if they were. Um, oh, here it is. Tomara control de this is from, This is from 2021. Huh. So I guess they've been financing it. El club Puebla no es de TV Azteca, they... sin embargo, tendrá un control administrativo. I don't know how old this article is, though. It might be pretty old. Oh, yeah, yeah. You have to find it. I have one from January 2021. Mrs. Azteca wants to, you know, they're trying to sell Puebla. I didn't even know they were... Involved with uh yeah, Tevasteca. Cause I mean, I I didn't know they were involved with Morelia. Or I mean, no, I knew Morelia. I didn't know they were involved with with uh, Atlas, which they are, but just like to a smaller degree. What I can tell you about Puebla is they continue to win. They beat Cruz Azul. And they're still in first place, 21 points, no defeats. And uh, obviously, La Carmon is uh, hes the best coach in the league right now. And I don't know what this will look like once Liguilla starts. But if he can go on a deep run with Puebla, I mean, you're pretty much auditioned for for any any club within Mexico. Check it out. 2019. Chelis reveló que Te Azteca tomaba las decisiones en Puebla. So I think they they have they might have some type of contract where they finance the club. So I do think if they don't own it they're at least they're at least making some tough decisions. And um I could see it if they're trying to get some type of exclusive uh, with Chivas and they could probably guarantee some players, man. Yeah, absolutely. They could do four players and we're back We're back in business, dude. Uh, <laughs> I mean, because if, cause if um, dude, if they're Azteca lands Chivas exclu exclusive, they're exclusive they're not exclusive right now, man. Just say, just like some sucia, you know, fucking everyone is getting a turn. But if they, it's true, man. It sucks, but it's true. But if they could just be exclusive to one, I mean, this club, they, dude, the ratings were 11 million. That's just really high numbers, 11 million. Um, if they get that, you know, they could, I know I'm pretty sure they're thinking they could, and Chivas will, if they could see like maybe they can't up that much money, but if they could, if they could like throw in a coach and have some players from from Puebla, maybe some Chaplas, who knows? Right now during these harsh times, I don't think uh, Chivas fans will care if they get an Atlas, <laughs> an Atlas player or two. 
So yeah, that's that's worth keeping tabs on, Jaime. We'll see what happens as we'll we see get, what happens. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I'm curious to see how this league plays out. I know everyone's on Puebla right now because they're in first place. But they don't really have that much experience. And that's going to come into play once we get into the playoffs. But yeah, I mean, the the game to look out for this weekend is going to be El Clásico Chivas America. Now, if you're not vested in either one of those clubs, you might be looking at that might be the game to avoid because, you know, America's in last place. You have a, a much more appealing match between Cruz Azul and Pumas. Both from the same city. They're both pretty close on the league table. Pumas has 11 points. Cruz Azul has 14. So we'll see how it goes for them. And we also have Leon Tigres. But I don't think Leon are in a good spot right now. You don't think they're doing too good? Tigres has... I think losing 3-0 might put a damper on things, you know? It's a long plane ride home. Yeah. What other... uh, I feel like we covered a lot today. I mean, there a lot happened. A lot did happen, yes, sir. Off the top of my head, I think those are the main ones. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we covered pretty much. We have Clásico coming, and then we talked a little bit about Selección at the beginning because uh, that's that's what, like in two weeks, big game against the U.S. Yeah, that's right. USA versus Mexico at the end of March. I think it's on the 24th. Well, you know, we'll make really quick because there's a group of fans that are, like, upset with FMF handled at Querétaro that they're calling the chance back and they're saying uh, so that Mexico could get found like hurt hurt FMF get him where it hurts them the most in their what a stupid way there was even some rationalize that yeah yeah it's it's yeah let's hurt the national team because of going on over here it is dumb and some i'm sure fmf you know have something in place to make sure that because i mean i could see mex getting sanctioned hard you know and that game and we talked about it before jaime a lot of the pressures coming from the sponsors yeah. that are here in the u.s and they're playing and they're playing the u.s Obviously, the spotlight's going to be on. Um, I don't know why FMF is dumb enough to host that game at a state. 
they should have gone to some other venue and not worry of this BS, but I don't know, man, les gusta sufrir. But on that note, there's already people uh, hoping Bielsa would make that trip since he's not, you know, in England. I don't know. That's man, you're, thinking. you're over here pulling at straws, man. Even, There's. He, I don't think Bielsa is ever going to come back to Mexico. <laughs> yeah, personally, I think we're. Well, if we wanted to. I, I think that Mexico should bring in a, a domestic coach. Eventually, because no one's ever won the World Cup yeah, with, with a foreigner. No. Oh yeah. 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 So. Cool. But right, yet to happen. Right now, the crop of Mexican managers there's just not too many to choose from, but we'll see. Uh they did do like a little short interview with Nicolas Larcamon, and he was, you know, he basically mentioned or threw it out there that he aspires to be eventually one day the coach of the national team. What do you think about that? Hmm. No, I, I do. I do think that's for the majority of coaches. That's one of their goals. Coaching national team. Did he say Mexico or did he say yeah, Argentina? He said, he or said like, Mexico. Did he just say national team or did he say? No, he said Mexico. Yeah, well, I guess he knows. He has, yeah, because I guess he knows his, his you know, Argentina is pretty um, difficult. It's, it's, you know, politics. Uh, so I guess he knows to be a padrinado, you know, and this is the guy that had to start in Venezuela. So that, you know, shows where he's coming from. So, but, but I mean, I think if he if he proves his worth, you know, he wins the league. Just playing like that with with the team and or other teams, I mean, what? Well, you know? Yeah, I mean the fact that he has that mindset, it's pretty. I mean, it's it's, it's nice to see someone ambitious like that, kind of like me, like Michele Año, but. Uh... <laughs> Um, you know, <laughs> I think he just, he likes the country. He likes Mexico and he knows, man, like it really doesn't take much for you to get noticed. Like if you can, if you can have a very good, consistent, successful team, especially with a team of nobodies, you know, like nobody on Puebla is like a star player. So if he can do that with that kind of club, with that kind of payroll, like imagine the things he can do for you know, a Chivas team or an America team or, you know, a, a big club. And then you do that and then you find success there. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're a candidate for the national team. But I think he has a long way to go because we have a tendency to gas people up when they're having a great season. But I think we pull the trigger on them too soon. And then they end up just you end up realizing that, oh, they're 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 pretty much just like an average person. But they were just performing above average for just that sport, that little short, yeah. you know, I mean, that's what happened with Necaxa and Chivas. You know, we had, 
we spent all this money on Alexis Pena, Chicote, and, and Canelo because they had one great season. And, uh, you know, their careers with Chivas have been... <laughs> I mean, Canelo gets the most minutes out of all three of them. Alexis Pena got removed from the team because of that scandal. And Chicote is... I mean, he's been non-existent. So it just goes to show, man, like, you get fooled by the first, you know, you got you to gotta give them time. You got to prove yourself consistently. Yeah, agreed. No, agreed, man. Definitely. I think, um, but I'm, yeah, I think it's still too early for this dude. You know, I would, I would give him a little bit more time before I candidateado, but I think, you know, a lot of these guys, they see how, how much they're welcome in, in, uh, in Mexico, you know, because it's one of the, the leagues that is the most open arms when it comes to, when it comes to, you know, when you bring in, uh, you know, foreign players, coaches, other leagues, they're uh, very demanding. If you're coming from abroad, I think in Mex, we're the opposite. If you're Mexican, we want more. If you come from, we're like, okay, yeah, you, you know, sort of like we we'll kind of put put the foreigner, not every, but at least certain, on a pedestal. Uh, you come from a World Cup winning country, all right, yeah, you, you must know what you're doing. Um, but yeah, because I mean, look, look how some of get treated when they go abroad. Nacho had what, like, months. Um, and so yeah, it's 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 they see that in Meg, them end up appreciating it, and, and um, you know, they a lot of them end up staying in Mexico. Well, I wonder how many have stayed. That would be like, like I would like to know, man. <laughs> I know it's like in the seriously, like it's going back to maybe the eighties when they started bringing in more. I don't know how many they had in the seventies, eighties, nineties, but how many of these players stayed behind and just stayed in Mexico? Like Saguino, right? His dad stayed Sage, Brazilian, but played same with uh, the Dos Santos. And you know the the list goes on of what's the story a lot of players with, that uh, came from abroad and what's the story with Duca Ferretti because he's not Mexican. No, but he stayed. He played at Pumas, and he just stayed in the country. Wait, was it? And I'm saying Pumas because that's where he won. He beat America. Uh, it says... I think it was in '91. In 90, he scores from outside. 97, he joined Atlas for like a year and then he went to Pumas and spent most of his career there. Wow. So, when, where was he? 87? Uh, 1977 at Atlas, 1978 at Pumas, all the way, oh, to, yeah, all the way to 1985. He went to Toros Nesa, he went to Monterrey, then he spent some time at Toluca and then back at Pumas. Game 91, that was his last game. He scores from, from 
outside the box and they win. Uh, uh, and then he became a coach right away. He, he coached Pumas right the next season. So he went from Pumas. But I mean, he got to do this career because um, he was playing in Brazil about six years. He, he he's he's from seventy seven to ninety one. You know, I don't, I'm not good at math. Jaime, how much is that? Uh, like almost twenty, something like that. You said uh, seventy seven to nineteen ninety one. Ninety. Yeah, it's, it's yeah a little bit under. It's like fourteen years. Yeah, so I mean, double double what he had. Played. By the way, he has a job, dude. He has a job. You know, Pumas in '91, in '93, he's he's with Selección. Gets to do the World Cup as like a, you know, like like uh, what is it, assistant coach. You know, gets to coach Chivas right away in '96. You know, when he wins, he wins a. Campeonato with Chivas. He was at Tigres and Toluca. Yeah, you know, and then he ends up at at a Tigres. But I mean, dude, but this guy has been, you know, in Mex so long. But you know, they just end up liking the country. But there's a lot, dude. There's a lot of players and coaches. A lot of them we don't even hear about. They just stayed to to live in Mexico. I feel like uh, Zignac is also going to be one of those lifers. He's, <laughs> he's just going to. He spend... seems to really like it. Yeah. I could see him coming back often. If not, you know, he could live half and half. But I do think Tigres might offer him a job, like once he's more, you know, any type of job from coach to GM. I think they're just, he's going to have, and I think he knows that where he's like, he can maintain that type of like fame, you know, because he's like very popular and this kind of status at Tigres. So I, I, yeah, I could see him staying, you know, maybe travel every now and then, but I could, I could see him staying a, a longer time after he's no longer playing. Absolutely. Maybe be a, a pundit on TV one day. Oh, dude, that dude have all these jobs lined up. For sure. So, yeah, Chivas in America will have a Clásico without colors on Saturday. Well... See if there's more more news that unravels uh, from the incident in the Querétaro Atlas match. I'm sure more and more people will come forward uh, as things go on. There was an article I read that you know they've already caught like 10, 10 people. They got ten people in custody. So we'll see if more arrests happen. And uh, yeah, we'll keep you guys posted. 
Do you have any uh, closing thoughts before we wrap up episode 326? Yeah, I I wouldn't. If we were worried Mexico could lose or be booted from the World Cup because of the stadium incident, yeah, it's not that's not gonna happen. Be more worried about that that chant. <laughs> that's that's uh, the, where the concern should be. Yeah, I don't know why wishing like bad on the national team. You you think things are going to change, but things won't change, and then we're just going to miss out on a World Cup. That's just the reality of it. There's not going to be no groundbreaking revolution if we don't make the World Cup, or there's not going to be like a front office change. So just support the team the way you can without fists, obviously. But want to thank everyone for their support. Make sure to catch us on Twitter, and we will catch you guys in the next one. 